If you've read my book, Cracking the Rich Code, you know it is chock full of fantastic advice from top thought leaders and super successful entrepreneurs from around the world. How would you like to be a member of an exclusive community that provides that same how-to content from those same leaders? What if you were able to attend member-only live events and interact with them? I'd like to invite you to join the Rich Code Club. It will change the way you think about yourself, your money, and your life. It's the only social media platform purely focused on helping you grow. Join the Rich Code Club today for free by clicking on the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. I'm your host, Jennifer Furlong. One of the reasons why I asked Kevin Palmieri on the show today is because, well, he's an all-around awesome guy, but beyond that, he's a motivational speaker. He uh, is co-host of his own podcast, Next Level University. He is founder and CFO. He has a lot of fantastic experience, and I know he has a lot of wisdom that he can share with us. So if you are looking to not be inspired to not be motivated, to not figure out how to go through that obstacle, around it, over it, or under it, then I invite you to listen to another episode. But if you are in the mood to be motivated, you want to be inspired, and if you are stuck in some way and you're ready to level it up, then I invite you to stay because this is going to be a fantastic conversation, and I am super excited to, to have you on the show. Kevin, thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. I love that. And also, thank you again for the flexibility. I understand as a podcaster, we like to stick to our schedule, but I'm grateful that you are flexible and you and I are able to talk. I appreciate that more than you know. Oh, absolutely. Look, I was a I was a guest on someone else's podcast last night and it was like 7:30 p.m. and let me tell you, like that's not the right time for me yeah, to Yeah, not ideal. <laughs> yeah. Not ideal. Not ideal, mm-hmm. but hey, uh it it's a it's a great show and I I knew we were going to have a great conversation, so you know, you, you do what you can. When I read your bio, one thing that really stood out to me and this is one of the reasons why I felt you would be perfect to interview for this show, because, you know, our tagline or my tagline is where we communicate about how we communicate. And I think there's a lot of lessons learned um, or lessons that we can learn from your story. So I I understand from your bio, things were not always great. Mm -hmm. And you talk about, you mentioned briefly about hitting rock bottom and what it was like to hit rock bottom before Mm -hmm. you were able to pick up the pieces and, you know, put yourself back together and get to where you are today. Um, Can you say a little bit about that time um, so that we can kind of have a frame of reference for the listeners? Yeah, it's it's very interesting because, and I appreciate the the wisdom comment, the fact that I have a lot of wisdom. I think one of the reasons <laughs> I do is because I had a quarter life crisis. I had my midlife crisis when I was twenty six. So I've been exploring myself and ego and consciousness for the last six years now. So it's been it's been very interesting. Seven years, I guess. Mm-hmm. But okay, so if you looked at me when I was twenty five years old, 
you would see a man who had a high paying job. His girlfriend was a model. He had a sports car. He had a brand new apartment and he had the body of his dreams because he had just done a bodybuilding show. So quite literally everything a young man could want. But I was very miserable. I was very insecure. I was not confident. I didn't feel like I had a bright future. I was afraid of my own shadow. I just wasn't well-rounded. I, I looked really good and I looked really successful, but internally I did not feel that way. One day my girlfriend came to me and said, hey, I'm going to leave you because you're kind of a shell of the man that you were when we started this relationship. I'm not happy. I don't feel supported. I don't feel any of these things. And she ended up leaving. And when she left me, I had to look in the mirror and say, okay, who am I really? Beyond having this nice car and this high paying job and a beautiful girlfriend, who is Kevin really? And that's when I started focusing on understanding myself at a deeper level. Now, there's a problem. I used to go to bed every night and I would say these positive affirmations. I am talented, I am handsome, I am worthy, I am intelligent, and this is the last one I would say. And this year, I'm gonna make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. The mm. problem, Jen, is I went all in on that last one, and I said, well, these other ones can wait. I think this last one will fix everything else. So the next year starts, and I'm 26 at this point, and at the beginning of the year, I get a promotion at my job. So my job, I was in the weatherization industry. All that means is we would go into buildings and make them more energy efficient. But I worked on state contracts. So working for the state, you get paid the state rate, which is anywhere from 60 to $120 an hour, which for me, 26, year old, 26 years old, no college degree, I am right. all in. Damn will, good money. That yeah. is damn good money. I will do whatever it takes to make as much money as possible. So my goal for that year was to make $100,000. So I get promoted to a foreman which means I start the job, I run the job, and I close out the job. Awesome. That's in alignment with the goal I set. And we got a bunch of contracts that year that were required for us to travel. So I lived in New Hampshire. Most of the work we did was in New Jersey, which is like six hours away. I worked in Pennsylvania, which was like six hours away. I worked in New York. I worked in Connecticut. I worked in Virginia. I worked in Delaware. I was all over the place. So if you fast forward to the end of that year, I was on the road for 10 months out of the 12 months. Every single mm -hmm. week I was living in a hotel. I was in a different state. I was in a different town working out in a different gym. It was a lot, but that was in alignment with what I wanted to do. So we get to the end of the year. I'm opening my final pay stub. I'm standing at my kitchen table and I crack it open and I made $100,000 at 26 with no college degree. But I had another one of those moments where I said, oh my goodness, I did it again. I put all of my internal fulfillment on external results. And in that moment, I realized that for most of my life, Jennifer, I had lived unconsciously, going through the motions, just kind of going with the flow. The opposite of unconscious is hyperconscious. So I started a podcast called the Hyperconscious Podcast in 2017. And when I started the podcast, I quite literally stopped caring about my job. I don't care about the money anymore. I know that's not what I actually want. And I know I don't want to do it in the way that I just did it. So I fell in love with this podcast. I start interviewing my friends, having deep conversations like this. And I start calling out of work. I start showing up late. I start leaving the job site early. It's like, I am out of here. I just don't know what to do yet. And it literally got to the point where I would have to be six hours away to start a job Monday morning, 7 a.m., I would sleep in my bed from 9 p.m. until midnight. I would get up and I would drive straight to the job site and I would work an eight-hour day and then I would go to the gym because I was so homesick, I just could not stay in a hotel another night. 
Yeah. It was so yeah. bad, so bad. So it kept getting worse and worse. And I, I was getting depressed. I was getting anxious. I was just, it was really taking a toll on my mental health more than mm -hmm. I think I even understood. And it got to the point where I was in New Jersey. My alarm clock went off at 5.15 in the morning. I sat up, I slid to the edge of the bed, and I was lacing up my work boots. And I had done this a thousand times. This was no different than any other morning. But that yeah. morning, it was like there was 10 TVs on in my head at the same time, and every single one was on a different station. And it was just like, one is saying, you're stuck here forever. I know you don't like this job. I know you don't want to travel anymore. I know you don't want to do this. But what else are you going to do? Like, you're stuck here forever. If you do leave, what will your friends think? If you do leave, what will your family think? And if you do leave, do you really think you're going to, you know, drive off into podcast stardom? I don't think that's necessarily in the cards for you. And in that moment, I felt like if I took my life, I would take my problems with me. And that was the rock bottom basement. There's not much further to go from there. Now, one thing I did is I used my communication skills to communicate to somebody that I trusted. I reached out to my mentor, who is now my business partner, Alan, and I said, hey, I'm dealing with this, I'm going through this, this is how I'm feeling, I'm scared, I don't know what any of this means. I tried to be as vulnerable as I felt comfortable being. And he said, he, gave, he did one thing for me that I don't know that many other people could have done. He gave me permission to make a different decision. So he said, mm -hmm. Kev, over the last couple of years, your awareness has raised so much, but your environments have stayed the same. I think it's time for you to change your environment. So I ended up leaving that job three or four months later and then beginning the very painful journey of being a very broke entrepreneur. But that's where it all started for me. It started with me starting a podcast based on deep thought, realizing I don't want to do this job anymore, and then getting to the point where it was quite literally leave this job or possibly not live anymore. That's really what it got to. Yeah, that's so incredible. And one of the, the reasons I appreciate that story that you're telling is that there are going to be many, many people that it resonates with. Mm -hmm. And I know you had mentioned you were 26 years old at the time. I think that is becoming more common yeah. among younger people today. You know, I'm I'm turning 50 my next birthday. And one of the things I have a conversation with my daughter, she just turned 25. And I think one of the advantages of getting to 50, at least for me, is having all of these experiences where I have completely failed so many times and I've been through so many struggles in the grand scheme of things. Now, when something happens, I can take a step back. And in the grand scheme of things, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be another bump in the road. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's going to break my heart. However, I know that I'm going to get through this. You know, this, there will be, a, there is going to come a time where this is going to be the past for me. Yeah. And I think for young people, especially today, you know, I, I want to blame social media for everything, right? <laughs> but it just, it does seem that there is this heightened sense of anxiety of, and this pressure of having to have everything figured out now. You know, they mm -hmm. see their friends on Instagram, you know, on, on Twitter and all these 
pictures of everyone happy and they're doing all these wonderful things and they're traveling. And then I can see how being someone in their mid twenties, you could feel like you're having a midlife crisis because you're like, why the hell can't I afford to buy a house right now? Why can't I find that job of my dreams? Why am I so unhappy? And like you said, looking for all of these external things, if you have this hole, that's not going to fill that hole. Um, can you take me through a little more in depth when you got to that point and you knew you had to reach out to somebody, you had to reach out to your friend, you had mentioned that. How did that, how did you start that conversation? Cause I think for many people, that's the difficult part. We know that we probably should talk to someone, but first, like, who do I talk to? And then how do I approach them without feeling like I'm being a burden because mm. I don't want to unload all of this verbal, you know, just heavy residue on top of them. Yeah. It's, I believe something like that starts years in advance. So in a way we had already had deeper conversations than that, or at least as deep of conversations where I probably just messaged him and said, Hey brother, can I tell you something? It was probably something like that. And I really think, and this is one of my, my thoughts. And I think this is the reason I reached out to him. The level of vulnerability in your relationship determines the quality of the relationship. Mm. If your relationship has a a very deep level of vulnerability, I'm willing to bet that that relationship is probably pretty good because Mm. you're living more in the truth. So he and I had a very, very good relationship even at that that point. And this is the other thing too. I genuinely believed he could help me. He was a mentor to me. So it was... I know if I reach out to him, things will get a little bit better. I'm not saying everything's going to change and, and I'm not going to feel any pain, but I, I believe at a deep level, he can give me advice that I really, really need. I had somebody, I had somebody send me a DM the other day on Instagram and this person said, Hey, I got a question. Like, I don't know if you can help, but you always seem to know enough to at least get me to think differently. And what is, what is that person saying? I came to you at some point with a very small tear and you helped me patch it up. Now I have a bigger tear, but we have proof that you and I can probably fix this tear together. And I really think that's, that's what it is. So I was very blessed that he and I had a very, very good relationship. I think you have to start very, very small. And it's almost one of those things where you have to proactively put this into your relationship where if things ever do go to such a drastic negative turn, you know where to turn. You know, okay, this is, I trust Jen, I trust Kev, I trust Bob, I trust Christy, I can reach out to one of these people, but you have to proactively do it. I really think that's, that's the unfortunate part is you don't know you're going to get to that point, but at the same time, you have to make sure that you're, you're deepening and furthering your relationships for anything. If you're struggling in your marriage, who do you reach out to? You have Mm -hmm. to have somebody in your corner that you know will give you advice unbiased they want what's best for you regardless of themselves, and they're not going to judge you. And I think that all comes from a, a real place of vulnerability. Yeah. And I appreciate one thing that you said previously regarding making sure that you understand you're not going to fix everything in this mm-hmm. moment. But by reaching out to this one person, maybe this one person that can ele- help help elevate you just even a tiny little bit, focus on the small actions, focus on the, the smaller things. That takes a lot of internal work though, 
right? You had to do a lot of internal work in order to make this happen. Um, how much of a struggle was that for you? Because that's a huge shift in looking at the external stuff. Like if I make X amount of money, I'm going to be happy. If I have this certain type of job, I'm going to be happy. If I have, you know, this certain level of fame, I'm going to be happy. I'm, you know, the list goes on and on. And I know this is something that a lot of people are thinking, these are the things that are going to make them happy. Yeah. Take me through that. How, how was that struggle for you? Because I know that has to be tough to do that internal work. Yeah, that was the hardest part. I mean, mm -hmm. like showing up and doing seven episodes a week is a challenge. Like we do an episode every day, mm -hmm. yeah. but it's nothing compared to the amount of internal work I've done over the last however many years. Yeah. It started with me. It really started right after the breakup, right after my girlfriend broke up with me. I, I remember saying to myself, who would ever love this version of me? Like, how could, mm -hmm. how could I expect anybody to want to be with this version of me? That's when I started doing internal work. And yeah, I started with positive affirmations and then I focused on making the money. But even when I was out focused on making money, when I was home for a weekend, I remember this. I remember I said, okay, one of my biggest fears is being rejected by a woman. Like that's mm -hmm. one of my biggest fears. I can't let that control me anymore. I went to the mall and I started approaching women. And just like, hey, what do you think of this thing? Or would you recommend this if, you, if they're at a store? I just started conversations with people. Okay, just I, ask them their opinion on yeah, something random. Simple, okay. simple. Yeah. Everybody, wants, everybody wants to get their opinion valued. Like that's a great way to start a conversation. And I remember that that helped me. I remember mm -hmm. I felt like that was going into me. It was like, okay, I'm getting confidence. I'm getting confidence. I'm getting confidence. Then it got to the point where I remember... I started digging into my insecurities and I remember thinking and telling somebody this, I am so afraid of being short. That is mm. such a big insecurity for me. I'm five foot four. I think the average male height is like five, eight. So I'm four inches shorter than the average height. Going out to bars is like a challenge because I, that's not where somebody like me thrives, right? Mm. People aren't necessarily looking for the short guy at the club. They're looking for something else maybe. So I remember one of the things I started doing and I tried to do was I would go out to the bar intentionally and not try to drink because mm. I'm unreasonably uncomfortable, but I know the bandaid is me drinking and that's not actually helping the problem. So it all started there. And then when I started the podcast, literally everything became, how do I become more hyper-conscious? So it would be, why am I avoiding this? Why am I attracted to this? Why did my ego flare? Why did I, why did I recluse and revert? Why? I would ask myself, why, 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 why? And that's really what started it for me to the point where I was working out with my, my business partner and a couple of our friends in the gym. My confidence is 10 out of 10. I've spent 16 years in the gym, but the second we we translated from the workout to talking about business. I immediately reclused mm -hmm. and I, then, then this is my inner talk. Why is, why is that person so arrogant about business? Why is that person so confident? Why are they saying it? Why do they say it that way? I realized in that moment that I was making somebody with confidence that I didn't have yet. I was making them the villain internally. They, mm -hmm. they are mm -hmm. bad because they know more than I do. And then that helped me rewire that. So it, it might be the most, the most challenging part because number one, it's very hard to measure. You can't see how much progress you're making in the internal game. You can feel it, but it's very hard to measure that. 
I think the second part is so much of the internal stuff is based in fear. It's mm-hmm. just, it's based in, I am afraid of what this means for me to the point where I'm still doing a lot of the inner work when it comes to self-worth. I have, I have low self-worth, lower than I ever realized to the point where if I have a coaching call or I'm supposed to be on a podcast or I have a meeting, if the person is five minutes late, I leave. Mm-hmm. I have, I have stuff mm-hmm. to do. I got to go. I'll send them mm-hmm. a message, whatever it may be. So I, I had one a couple of weeks ago. This person was like, it was five minutes past and I said, I have to go. And they ended up texting me at like 12 past. And they said, hey, I'm in the room. Are, are you ready to go? My natural tendency, Jen, is to text them back and say, hey, I'm so sorry. I have a rule that if anybody's five minutes late, I go on. And then here's the list of reasons why. Because blah, blah, right. blah. Versus <laughs> just saying, hey, Jen, unfortunately, after five minutes, I just go on to my next task because I, I have to remain productive throughout the day. I'm very happy to reschedule. I look forward to chatting. Those are two different conversations. The appeasing one, that continues to lower my self-worth. If I'm appeasing you, that's me putting your opinion of me above my opinion of me. And yeah. me standing in my own space saying, look, this is how kind of how it has to be for me. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. I don't like it. But I also realize that's one of the things that I need to be doing. So to your point, it, it is a challenge. And I think it's a lifelong challenge. I really yeah. do. I thought when I got more successful, things would get easier. Uh-uh. Things are harder than they've ever been because now there's more opportunities that are testing my self-worth, my self-belief, my consistency, my productivity, my relationship. Understanding that, I think that can help a lot of people. When you get more successful, you get more opportunities to test yourself. But also right. the tests are on both ends, the positive and the the insecure sides as well. Yeah, uh, things absolutely do not get easier. I think you do learn how to just do harder, better, right? I, 100%. 100%. And, um, you know, uh, something I want to to add on to that, you know, when you begin to peel back the layers and some of the things that you said, you know, asking yourself why mm-hmm. and just being observant of how you're interacting with others and your your reactions to the situation and to what other people say and to what you perceive to be what other people's, you know, situations are, you know, for example, you had mentioned that other person, you know, they seem so confident and that might be, we may perceive that as confidence, but we really don't know what's going on. You and I both know we can project confidence all day long when we need to. I think you and I have learned how to turn it on and how Mm -hmm. to turn it off when we need to. Mm. Um, But then we also know at the very same time, there are still things bubbling under the surface. And that's, that's what I heard, you know, in, in what you were just talking about just now, we all are a work in progress. So if we can just learn that, you know, everything that we're taking in and what we're observing and what we're hearing and, and, and looking at, it's our perception of what's happening at that moment in time. And then our emotions we're projecting, you know, it's it's going to have an impact on how we're perceiving perceiving that moment in time. Mm. Um, but something else that you said, I think, is really important for anyone who is is listening to this right now and still having this struggle. Um, overachievers do this, don't we? Overachievers, we tend to be incredibly hard on ourselves. And I picked on something you said. You said, "I need to be productive." Mm. Let's, let's, 
let's peel that layer a little bit. Cause I know for me, I have to peel that back that layer often for myself because I feel like, and, and I worry that I don't extend enough grace to myself, mm. you know, give myself permission to be human and say, okay, maybe I, I do. Let me take a moment here. Maybe they're late because they got into an accident. Maybe they're late because their dog threw up all over their equipment, you know, as there's a, a thousand different things. But I'm just like you. My initial reaction is, look, I've got things to do and, you know, I have places to be and I've got my schedule. It, has that been a continued struggle for you? Do you have that internal struggle of, you know, I, I need to produce, I need to produce, I need to produce in order to feel like I'm, I'm doing something worthy that I'm achieving something yeah. versus, you know what? I'm good. Now, if I achieve this, that's great. That's like icing on the cake. But regardless of if I do this or not, I'm still good hmm. with that. This do you is have that such, struggle? it's such a challenge to explain mm -hmm. because it, number one, it's so personal. So this yeah. is what I'll say. I believe that for most human beings, your standards should be at the level of your self-worth and your self-belief mm -hmm. or just beyond. They mm -hmm. can't be outrageously high because you'll go through your life just beating yourself up and you'll be yeah. lowering your self-worth and lowering Burnout, your self-belief. Yeah. Or you can't have your standards way too low because then you'll constantly feel like you're letting yourself down and you're not making progress. Right. For me, I don't think I'm a natural high achiever. Yeah. I think I'm in a culture of high achievement based on the fact that my business partner is a genius and one of the, the yeah. hardest worker I've ever met, bar none, not close. It's, he works every day, all day, but he loves it. He loves this. He loves the mission. Nothing else matters to him. Yeah. For me, I've adopted a lot of that, but I think it's this. What is the ultimate goal? Mm -hmm. I have a very honest, thorough conversation with myself of, Kevin, you have a very high awareness of what it's going to take to accomplish your goal. Either you do that or you don't get the goal. And if you don't get the goal, you do not get to complain about it because that's a decision yeah. you made. Yeah. I would say that to everybody else. On a scale of one to 10, how important is the goal? If mm -hmm. the goal is 10 out of 10, you're probably gonna beat yourself up more than other people. Because mm -hmm. if you have a 10 out of 10 goal, you're gonna have to do a lot more than other people. Now, if your goal is to have a family and a home and a job that you're pretty happy with or that you're fulfilled in, that's different. Everything's yeah. different depending on the goal. So for us, our goal is to bring self, holistic self-improvement to the masses. And- yeah. Everything less than that is a failure, quote unquote, yeah. for us, just for us. Right. Yeah. That's why we do seven episodes a week. That's why yeah. we've done 1200 episodes or whatever it is because of the goal. So I think it's very important to understand your self-belief is going to dictate the goal. Your mm -hmm. self-worth is going to dictate how you treat yourself about the goal. And yeah. you got to check in with those along the way. Honestly, a 10 out of 10 goal is not necessarily good for somebody with a two out of 10 belief. That's yeah. detrimental. Mm -hmm. You're setting yourself up for a lifetime of pain where now my belief in what's possible is so high based on the last five right. years of work, six years of work that now I'm trying to get myself worth to catch up. Yeah. And I think that's a testament to sur surrounding yourself yeah. um, with people who believe in you and yeah. know 
you know, the things that you can achieve. I, you know, we hear it time and time again, you, you need to look at who you're surrounding yourself with. And if there are people you're surrounding yourself who uh, don't believe in bigger things, they're not achievers, they're not trying to better themselves, you know, they really just kind of want to sit around all day and, and not doing anything. Well, if that's what you're hanging around, then you're not, it's going to be more difficult for you to, to move beyond that. So Can I throw a quote in Jen, one of my favorite quotes. Absolutely. Yeah. Question. And this is a, I will, I will preface, this can be a painful realization to have, but hyper-conscious, we, we want to understand. Yeah. Are the people in your life the best from your past or the best for your future? Are mm. they the people that you used to hang out with, you used to go to school with, you used to work with, you used to go to the gym with, or are they the people who are actually going to help you get to your goals? Those yeah. are two different lives. And accomplishing something amazing is already challenging enough. Accomplishing something amazing while pulling people who don't care, don't want you to succeed, don't want to see you get there. That's even harder for some people. That's impossible. So that's a question that I would ask about that. And then I just want to add quickly, this is the, the good frame for what we just talked about. I call it grateful ambition. I am grateful for everything that I have. I am hungry for everything I do not yet. You have to figure out what your balance is. Maybe for you, it's 80, 20. I'm 80% grateful for the fact that I'm loving my life and I'm doing things that at one point I didn't even think were possible. I'm 20% hungry and ambitious for what's what's next. It all depends on the human and the way that they're set up. I think most people could use way more gratitude. I yes. really do. I really yeah. do. But I also think that they could balance that gratitude with ambition. So it's just yeah. that it's a fine line of, of personalness when it comes to the human. Imagine your favorite online dating app. But instead of using it for finding dates, you are booking podcasting interviews. Podmatch uses similar technology to match the ideal podcast host with the ideal podcast guest for interviews. I know it works because that's how I get so many awesome guests for my show. I used to spend hours scouring my social media channels, hoping to be able to find just one reliable guest for my show. Now I simply log into Podmatch and let the program do all the work. It really is just that easy. And if you are a podcaster looking for compatible guests or you are a guest looking to be on a reputable podcast, sign up for Podmatch today by clicking on the link in the show notes. StreamYard provides easy live streaming and recording, allowing you to stream to multiple online platforms all at one time. Whether you're a creator, a content marketer, business, or just someone with something to say, StreamYard is the way to spread your message and engage with your audience. You can host virtual events, grow your business, inspire your followers, and create a movement. Try StreamYard today for free by clicking on the link in the show notes. Yeah, I, I really like how you <clears throat> how you uh, visualize that, though, you know, with the 80-20 example, thinking about it is very important to have gratitude for the things that we do have and to take a moment and recognize the things that you have been able to achieve mm -hmm. thus far. That's mm -hmm. very important to have that recognition. Celebrate your milestones, you know, or mm -hmm. milestones, <laughs> celebrate your milestones. Um, but you still want to make sure that you are continuing to yeah. move, to grow, to develop, to get to that next level. I think that's an, a very important point that you just made. Um, you know, another question that I have for you, you made me think about, did you see the documentary? I, was it 
HBO, I can't remember if it was HBO or maybe it was ESPN, the documentary they made about Kobe Bryant. And it was, they interviewed him Hmm. in this documentary. And he talked about, you just, you reminded me of something that he said in the documentary. He, um, he talked about how he was in his car driving down the road and got to a red light. And he noticed all of these people that were his same age. You know, he was in his early 20s. They were out having a good time. They were all in college. And it looked like, you know, just college kids out there being free, having a great time. And there he was on his way to go practice yet again, you know. But he said what he realized is that he had to, if you are going to be great at something, you have to be willing to make that sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And just in, in some of the things that you just said, it resonated with me. It reminded me of, of that documentary, at least what he said at that point in the documentary, and that we have tough choices that we have to make. The people that are in your past, the people who were great to be with, they were fun. You know, you grew up with them. Uh, you name it, you have fond memories, but are those the people that are going to get you to where you want to be? You know, thinking about the goal that you have set for yourself. That's a tough choice. Oh, it's brutal. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. brutal. It's brutal. And that's why most people don't make it. And I completely Mm -hmm. understand. I completely understand. I always say I have a, so I grew up, I was raised by my mom and my grandmother and I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. I think I have a weird relationship with relationships where Mm -hmm. I value what we do so much that I will take the mission over almost anything else other than my wife. I will take Mm -hmm. the mission over because that's what matters to me. Mm-hmm. That's that's what matters to me and I want to I want to be on this journey with other people who have their own missions. And mm-hmm. but that's such a challenge because what happens is I've gotten the messages from people of like hey you've changed. Hey, are you going to be here? Can you be the friend that you used to be? And I I very honestly and after I let my ego flare go down, I very honestly and transparently sent them a message and said, "Look, I don't I mean this with all the love in the world, but you couldn't possibly understand what my life looks like. And mm-hmm. I don't mean that you're not doing stuff. Like, but just understand I'm doing seven episodes a week. Mm-hmm. I'm married. I go to the gym six times a week. You know, at this point I was thirty thousand dollars in debt, whatever it is. I'm dealing with a lot of stuff. Like, no, I can't come hang out. I, there's too right. much going on. I can't and that's not a line for me. So I think we really have to check in with this. Did you actually make the commitment that people think you made? Somebody Mm -hmm. said that to me recently. They said, well, you can't create distance between you and your family. And I said, well, I can. I never committed to I'm going to be this type of person forever. I never made that commitment. Did you? If you made that commitment, then maybe it's time to recheck that. And I understand family and relationships are such a challenge. It's such a hard thing to even talk about. But I have a belief and again, you can take this off the rails. I have a belief that that what's best for me is what's best for the world, especially right. since I'm pouring into the world. And yeah. if you out there had that belief, how would you live differently? Would mm-hmm. it be the same? Would it be different? It is. The relationship aspect, that side of things is the most challenging, especially yeah. since many of the people in our lives want to keep us safe. They don't want to see us flourish because with flourishing comes pain. And they don't want to see us have that pain. Or a lot of people give advice based on their own level of self-belief and competence, not your own, which ends up holding you back. You have to be very honest. You have Mm -hmm. to be very honest. 
I believe that we have an opportunity to impact the world in a different way. I just, I do. My business partner and I are very unique. We're, we're work. We have a great team. Everything's really rolling. I would regret not trying. Yeah. I really would. I would regret not trying more than I yeah. would regret somebody messaging me saying, Hey, you're, you've become a crappy friend. Like, I'm, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah. It hurts me. <clears throat> Well, think about that statement as well. You know, anybody out there, if you've ever had, if you've ever been in a situation where a friend or, you know, a loved one, anybody you've been in a long-term relationship with have said the words to you, you've changed. Mm. Take a moment and think about that statement. And really, is that not what life is all about? Are any of you the same person today that you were five years ago or one year ago or even a month ago? If your answer is yes, then you have to ask yourself the question, what have I done to grow? What have I learned? What have I developed in myself? You know, how have I expanded my worldview? How have I been able to gain a deeper understanding of the things that are going on around me? Mm. Of course you have changed. Mm. I would hope that you have changed. Yeah. So if somebody is using that statement, it's almost like a weapon, right? It, 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 that statement is, it's been weaponized to make you feel bad mm. for the things that you're working on, the things that you're trying to achieve. You have to be re really mindful of that. You know, that's, to me, that's a red flag yeah. when someone says that to you. Yeah. And you from know. a place of awareness, and I, I wouldn't say it this way, but understanding, this is what I would say if I was in an ego zone, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry you haven't. I'm sorry you haven't. Yeah. <laughs> because if you changed at the rate I did, you'd still be in my life. Right. It's that It's that yeah. simple. It really, mm -hmm. people talk a lot about the law of attraction, right? The law of attraction right. when it comes to relationships, you attract what you are mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you repel what you do not desire to be. Yeah. As you grow and evolve, if the relationships in your life are not growing in, and evolving at a similar parallel speed, there will be some tension. That's yeah. just the way it works. If you think of two cars driving at different speeds and there's a rubber band between them, there's going to be tension. Only mm -hmm. a couple things can happen. One, the rubber band snaps and the relationship is not the same as it used to be. Two, the slower car speeds up. Three, the faster car slows down. Those are the only yeah. real three options. You just have to figure out which one is most valuable for you. Now, mm -hmm. if you said to the, the slower car in this analogy, hey, I'm afraid I'm going 65 and you're doing 45 and this rubber band is going to snap. If you vulnerably shared that, that car might speed mm -hmm. up. So, yeah, but that understanding is, yeah, it's very important. People, there's this weird thing that when you change your identity, mm -hmm. oftentimes people aren't proud of it because they know subconsciously that they're not going to be in the picture anymore. Mm. And that's painful for them. And I have nothing but empathy. I've been there. I've been there. I understand. But it's, it's, it's not that you're doing something wrong. It's that you're being, you're becoming something that they subconsciously know that they can't keep up with anymore. And they're going to try to villainize you to keep you small or to get you to slow down. It's just the ego. They're just yeah. trying to protect themselves. They're, they're afraid of being left behind. That's one of my biggest fears. That's one of my biggest fears, but that's why I work so hard. I don't want to be left behind. I started yeah. this. I don't want to get, I don't want to be left behind by Alan because he's smarter. I don't want that. Right. And it sounds like you also want to be, uh, that, that point for other people though, you know, you're, you're the faster car right now mm -hmm. and you don't 
it, it sounds like you don't really want to leave others behind. Mm-hmm. If anything, you want others to, hey, this is awesome. Like we're doing 65. Level. Yeah. We're going to go 80 here in a minute and it's going to yeah. get even faster. And I want you along for the ride. Let's do this. Let's yeah. do this together. Being in the position you are and you've, you've spoken to so many people and you've motivated and inspired so many people. And, and that's one of the things that I love about your podcast is you have that goal. You really want to see others thrive and to mm-hmm. see them perform at that level that you know that they can perform. Have you had to cut people loose and have that conversation with them, that tough conversation of look, like you have some decisions that you need to make at this point, you need to decide, do you want to uh, do the work you need to do in order to get to a better place? Or are you happy where you are? And if you're happy with where you are, that's fine. You know, um, I'll, I'll leave you alone and and you can be there. You can stay there and be happy. Um have you had those type of tough conversations with people who are close to you? And yeah, how did you, you know, how did you get through that? Because I know that's a tough conversation to have. And that's probably one area that is holding a lot of people back having to have that conversation about, look, get on board or, you know, just be yeah. happy with where you are. Yeah. It's, I've definitely, I've had that multiple times. We call that the vulnerable problem solver. And mm. It comes from a place of vulnerability. Hey, Jen, I have this underlying fear that we're growing at different speeds. And if we're, if we continue growing at the rate that we're growing at a year, two years, five years down the line, we're not going to have anything in common anymore. And we're not going to be doing the same things that we're doing. And I'm afraid this friendship will not survive that. Are you interested in doing some of the things that I'm doing because I'm afraid. I'm just really afraid and I don't want that to happen. That come that's a different place than hey, you need to grow. And if you don't grow, mm-hmm. everything is going to crash and burn. It, the vulnerable piece is so important. But yeah, I've had I one of my best friends. I was the best man at his wedding. I held all three of his children the day they were born in the hospital. I saw this happening. Mm-hmm. And when I saw it happening, I started having those conversations. And this person would call me all the time, like crying because they hated their job and they were so miserable. And I always tried to help. I said, this is a book. Read this book. Here's five books you can read. Listen to our latest episode. You can ask me anything. Like, what do you need? And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And eventually it got to the point where we had a conversation and it was something along the lines of, look, things can't be the way they've always been. They can't be the way they used to be. Like, this is the direction I'm going. This is the direction our circle is going. We'd love for you to come. And mm-hmm. two weeks later, I think that was the last time I had ever talked to him. Wow. And and now mm-hmm. I know there's people out there, and this sucks, and it's painful, and I don't like this part of the journey, but there are people out there that used to love me that don't like me anymore. And mm-hmm. It's not because I did anything wrong necessarily. I mean, maybe they feel like I slighted them, but you have to understand that your example is going to be a mirror for people who aren't doing what you're doing. And yeah. that's that's just one of the things I've realized is you can be trying to do the most positive thing in, in the world and there will still be people who comment negativity on your posts. Right. There just will be. I mean, I get that too. And it's like, okay, I, that was quite literally the nicest thing I could have posted ever. It's not like I'm trying to (laughs) do anything bad. Why, why are you being negative? But I think you have to understand that 
oftentimes it's not the fact that you're doing anything wrong. It's the fact that your reflection is making people look in a place that they've never looked before and they don't like the answer. Oftentimes mm. it's easier to villainize somebody else than it is mm -hmm. to take ownership yourself. And I yeah. try to have, I try to have empathy for that, but yeah, I've, I've had a lot of friendships that have just kind of sailed away and it's, yeah. it's painful. It's very, very painful. But I also understand too, if, if the relationships aren't parallel and in alignment, I'm going to have to be somebody else in that relationship anyway. So I'm not even going to be able to be yeah. me. The, the yeah. friends that I have that come to me for help and support, I can actually help them because their ego is low enough to realize, well, Kev is really good at blank, 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 blank versus right. me having to say, well, okay, I'm going to hang out with Jen today. Let me turn off self-improvement and I'm not going to talk right. about self-improvement yeah. at all, even yeah. though it's my, it's my purpose. Yeah. It's yeah. in a way it's almost like that void of the people that aren't supposed to be there. That void allows people that should be in your life to come in. And yeah. you, you have to have space to, to create the energy to actually bring those people in. Yeah. So pay attention to the quality of the conversations that you're having. Like, mm -hmm. like you're saying, think about the quality of it. And do you walk away feeling fulfilled? Do you walk away feeling motivated? Like you want to strive for something bigger or do you walk away feeling deflated and you feeling kind of bummed out and, you know, maybe even a little sad mm. at, you know, what's, yeah. what's happening around you. I think that's a really good way to kind of determine, I guess, the people that you're surrounding yourself with. Yeah. So it's so important to uh, keep working on this sense of self-awareness, to have that internal dialogue going, to think about how you're communicating your your aspirations and, and your goals and how you're continuing to grow and being mindful of how you're communicating with that, you know, with the people you love and the people you care about. This is all a work in progress. Mm. What what is next for you? Like, what are, what are you trying to tackle next? Because I know that this can't be it. Like as, <laughs> as great as things are with, with the things that you're doing and being an entrepreneur and, you know, the successful podcast that you have and you, uh, you have your, your wife, you know, your relationship and you have this amazing, uh, relationship with your mentor now, who is now your business partner. Where can you go from here? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing next? It's a great question. I don't, I always feel like it's a cop out when I answer it this way, but this is just the truth. We're going to do exactly what we're doing now, but we're going to get better. It really? I mean, that's it. Our, our mission statement is self-improvement, uh, every day in the pocket of every human on the planet for free. So it's like, that's what we're aiming for. So we'll never actually get there statistically it's going to be impossible to do that but yeah. yeah for me it's get better at podcasting get better at speaking get better at coaching get better at impact help more people make more money and just continue continue rolling that that really is the the main focus so my life will not look a lot different next year five years or ten years i'll just say the quality and the amount of impact that we're having is probably more we'll be making more money and we'll have more podcast listens and we'll be yeah. better so honestly, yeah. it's just the same exact thing we're doing now, just exponentially better forever.
Yeah. So besides, besides, uh, the podcast, do you have any authors who are your favorite authors that you follow or podcasts or, or speakers who are your favorites, your go-to, you know, mm. when you're feeling like, all right, I, I need, I need an adjustment here. I need an attitude adjustment. Who, <laughs> who do you listen to for those moments? Um, that's a good question. I'm a big fan of Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn's like the the OG. Like oh, that yeah. he's really he's really really good. And mm-hmm. honestly, I like listening to James Clear is really good. I really like James Clear. I like listening to older the older generation because honestly, mm-hmm. I think a lot of stuff has changed with social media. And I think a yeah. lot of the advice people give is kind of it's less valuable than it used to be. Gary yeah. V, I'm a big fan of Gary V. I know I he's too. brash. But oh yeah, but but I love the, it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. He gets the point across. And honestly, I've never, and this is what I love about Gary Vee, I've never once heard him sell anything ever. Right. He's never yeah. he's never sold anything. I love yeah. that. I, I think mm-hmm. that's the way it should be. So I would say, yeah, Gary Vee, Jim Rohn, James Clear. I don't know. I have days where I'm not motivated for sure, mm-hmm. but I usually just talk to myself. I'm like, come on, yeah. man. Like, yeah. what are we doing here? Like, like, come on, let's get your ass up. Yeah, get your ass up. Like, what are we doing here? What are we doing? You know better. You know better. And when you mm-hmm. know better, you can do better. Now, I still have days like this weekend. I self-cared. Saturday, I mm-hmm. we had a speech and I had a couple calls. Sunday, I didn't do any work at all. I mean, I did. Mm-hmm. I did a little bit, a very, very small amount of work. But yeah. I realized that I need to self-care because I'm burning to the ground. I'm mm-hmm. burning, burning, burning to the ground. And to your point, I think the next, the next step is me figuring out what are my, what are my maximums? Like what's the outer limit of my skills? I hit the outer limit of my Mm -hmm. skills a couple months ago. I did, I did 250 podcast episodes in 80 days and I burnt down. It was bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot too much, too much. Now we're aiming for like 20 a week. Mm. I can do 20 a week, 20 a week's not going to kill me, but Mm. 27 a week or whatever it ended up being, so yeah, it's that. It's exploring what is easier than it used to be, what's more reasonable than it used to be, and then what's mm-hmm. impossible now that in a year I'll be able to do. And then it's kind of just rinse and repeat for growth. Yeah. You just said something and it made me think of another question. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just so curious as to your opinion about this. You had mentioned your favorites, you know, your go-to or are the greats, right? The older greats like Jim Rohn and have you heard of this, this thing called quiet quitting? Yes. Now? Yeah. Do you have an opinion on that? I like, I know what I think about it. I'm curious. What do you think about this whole concept of quiet quitting, you know, Mm. in the workplace and kind of just doing the minimum and, and, and that's it. And that's it. You're not paying me for anymore. So I'm not giving anymore. Yeah. I honestly think that's, it's kind of overdue that, that Mm -hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. The, the fact that I remember I used to work, that job I worked at, I remember one day there was a snowstorm and I called my project manager and I said, hey, we're getting paid for today, right? Like I'm mm-hmm. stuck in a hotel room and I can't work and I'm not allowed to come home. I'm getting paid, right? And they said, no, you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. We didn't work two days, two days that week we didn't work and I was stuck in a hotel in New Jersey. And I couldn't leave. They would not allow me to leave. That broke rapport that they could never get back with me. Mm, mm-hmm. I think that what's happening is people are understanding, look, there's a lot of places to work. There is a lot of 
hustles on the side. You don't even have to leave your house anymore to get a lot of work done. Yeah. I think employees or sorry, employers are now going to realize, look, we have to actually go. It can't be a, a win lose. It has yeah. to be a win win on both sides. And I think yeah. that's what's happening. And when you don't respect I'm not saying every company's like this, but if you don't respect the people that work there, when they're making changes, they're not going to respect you either. You're not going to get two yeah. weeks. You're not going to get any of that because you don't respect them in the first place. So why would they go above and beyond to help you when you didn't go above and beyond to help them? So yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's human nature. I think the landscape of the landscape of the economy is changing and a mm -hmm. lot of employers aren't caught up yet and they don't understand that. You can't lead from a place of fear and scarcity. It doesn't work. That's not right. That's not what we're set up for anymore. There's abundance out there. The the internet has made so much possible. And even to to our original point, Jen, of a lot of people are having quarter life crises instead of midlife crises. Mm -hmm. I think it's because the younger generation is on the new waves of things. So they actually see potential. Podcasting, mm -hmm. My grandmother didn't know what podcasting was when I started a podcast. I was just around when podcasting was relatively new. YouTube, like there's a lot of Instagram influencers. Yeah. The technology has made careers different. And if you're yeah. younger and you understand social media, you can have a career on social media. Um, thank you for, for sharing your perspective on that. I don't think that's been a part of the conversation, at least the conversations that I've been witness to, you know, taking it from the employer standpoint and, and looking at, look, you have some good people here. You need to make sure that you respect them. You need to pay them what they're worth. You need to, you know, you need to give a little because yeah. there are a lot of empty slots and there are a, you know, a lot of people who are like, I don't need that right now. I, at the same time, I do hesitate to promote too much the idea of quiet quitting because I just know I feel on my bones if you rest too much on that, I'm afraid that opportunities could pass you by. Sure. I think that's where, you know, I think that's where I have the issue. I'm mm -hmm. I'm really concerned, you know, oh, well, you're not paying me for that, so I'm not going to do that. You're not paying me to empty the trash bin, you know, so I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. And and you and I both know that sometimes in order to have progress, Sometimes you have to give a little. Sometimes you yeah. do have to be willing to do the things that it's not because you're getting paid for it, but it's because it's going to benefit you in different ways, mm. you know? Yeah. So I, I just, you know, I, I'm concerned that that also needs to be a part of that conversation for any young person who is, you know, just thinking about the whole quiet quitting thing that's happening now. And, yeah. and uh, I was just curious, you know. That's a fair point. And yeah. it's, it's interesting because I'm very biased as an entrepreneur. I worked a long mm -hmm. yeah. time for free. <laughs> there was yeah. everything yeah. I did was for free. Yeah. I, I think mm -hmm. it's, I wonder if it's as much about the money as it is the intention, like the, mm. you don't value my time, but you want yes. me to value everything I do. I just think it's probably miscommunication, misalignment right. and intentions and ultimately whether it's needs that aren't being met. I just think if people mm. dug into it more and understood I think it's human. It's just human to human interaction. We're just missing pieces of it. But that's a great yeah. point to your point as well.
Yeah, I think you're right. Who doesn't want to be acknowledged, right? right? Who doesn't want to feel like that they're needed and that they're valued in a relationship and, and especially in the workplace? You know, your workplace relationships, of course, are very, very important. Mm. This has been such a fantastic conversation. I have really enjoyed it. I hope you have enjoyed it as well. I've have. gotten so much you know, out of this conversation with you. Um, as we begin wrapping up, is there anything... A, a last final thought, anything that you would like to share with the listeners, um, anything that you feel like they need to know or they need to hear? Mm. I'll say this is one of my favorite, my favorite quotes. Your reality becomes the parts of your imagination that you hold onto and pour into the longest. So we didn't, we don't have a lot of time. Like it would take I don't know, a month's worth of podcast episodes to go through everything that's happened on this journey. But the one thing that always remained the same is I stayed focused on the podcast and doing this. When people told me it wasn't possible and I got laughed at, you know, and there are days I didn't believe in it either, for sure. But that's the one thing that I focused on and I poured into the most. And you're going to get results in what you focus on and pour into the most, whether they're positive or negative. And in five years, you're going to be in a different place than you are today. Hopefully it's the one that you designed. And that's mm -hmm. what I mean by that. Your reality is going to become the parts of your imagination that you hold on to, whether that's scarcity and fear or whether that's abundance and opportunity. So just make sure that what you're focused on is, is good for your future. It's beneficial for your future and it's taking you somewhere you want to go. That's, that's what I would say. That's fantastic. Thanks. How do we get in touch with you? Uh, the podcast is Next Level University. You can listen to us there or on all the podcast platforms as well as YouTube. And then the best place to chat with me is on Instagram. My handle is at neverquitkid. Send me a message. I'll send you an audio or a video back most likely. All right. And I'll make sure that all of that information uh, is in the show notes. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you again, Kevin, for an awesome conversation. I hope we'll be able to do this again sometime because 100%. it was it was really motivating for me and inspirational. <laughs> and I know someone out there is listening to this and, and you have said some things that they needed to hear. And that's why I do this show, um, just you. to bring some inspiration and some help to others. All right, everybody, that is it. So I'll see you again next Monday. You all take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review.